Hey everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the Queen of Maine, and you know what? I got my own podcast. Yeah, does everyone have one? Pretty much, but mine's different because I'm going to help you like I help myself. Get Stuffed with Lisa Lampanelli every week is going to teach you how to have the fabulous life that I have. If you don't listen, you're just stupid and don't want to help yourself. So don't even listen. I don't even want you to. But if you do, if you disobey my orders and listen, you can go to feralaudio.com or download it from iTunes. But again, don't listen. I don't even care. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So, uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for The Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller, or action movie, or kids movie, or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of um, of a guy like Gary Tyson, who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and, uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars. Uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the Church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family in some, centered in some way, you know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're gonna, you know get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically, but kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Welcome to the X-Files. Files is Kamal Nanjani. This episode, we're talking about Tunguska and Terma, uh, two episodes that are uh, obviously really big mythology episodes. Um, Devin Farachi is the guest. Um, and uh, I just want to plug a few shows I have coming up on the East Coast. Uh, September 10th, I'm doing Philly, The Trocadero. September 11th, Boston, The Wilbur. September 12th, The Lincoln in D.C., 
And in New York, I'm doing the Skirball Center in November as part of the New York Comedy Festival. Uh, so come see these shows. The tickets are all almost gone. So hurry up and get them if you can. And I know some people have complained that the, the prices for like Ticketmaster or whatever, they add a lot. So I'm pretty sure for all of these, you can go to the venue and buy the tickets. I'm sorry that you guys have to deal with that. Um, this, if I'm, you know, Pearl Jam can uh, work around that I can't uh, so just go to the venue and buy the tickets and hopefully that way you won't have to deal with those prices uh, but tickets are almost all sold out for these so hurry up uh, alright here's the episode hey welcome to the X-Files Files uh, Devin Farachi is here Hello. The go-to guy for the mythology episodes. How's it going, Devin? Pretty good. How you doing? Very warm day here. I'm doing well. I'm it's back. Hot, it's hot as hell here. Yeah. I'm back from two weeks in Bulgaria. We've been talking about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have any Bulgarian listeners, but if there are any... Has I, the internet come to that part of the world yet? Uh, <laughs> the internet has, but not Netflix. I showed him... I was showing Devin a picture and it said, uh, sorry, Netflix has not come to this part of the world yet, which is so dismissive. Like, it's not a country. It's part of the world they have like nothing there and do you know the secret to that right what oh you have to use a vpn or something yeah, like VPN, that yeah vpn that's the secret yeah, yeah i just i just didn't and it doesn't count as piracy because you're paying for the service you're just paying to access i don't it. i really don't um you i don't really don't consider it oh, okay. piracy i did this one this was the most the closest to bad that i've gotten <laughs> and i'm gonna say it. i there was a movie i really wanted to watch and i couldn't stream it anywhere it was on youtube so I ordered it on Amazon, and then I watched it on YouTube. And then I got the DVD a couple of days later. That so, feels pretty reasonable. That's okay, me. right? Yeah. Because I wanted to watch it that night, and it's fine, right? Now I have the, I have the Blu-ray of it. That seems reasonable. Uh, see, the difference between that and doing a BitTorrent is that when you, if you did the same thing but you, but you torrented it, when you were downloading it, you would be sharing it with other people at the same oh, time right. who are not buying the blu-ray right so you have done the good thing it's so interesting that we're in a time now where people kids i'm gonna say kids sound old think it's their right to have access to stuff that's not true i remember saving up money to be able to play video games and to watch movies like you kind of have to earn that shit i remember like, i remember having to import stuff from the uk like cool albums and stuff mm -hmm. or if i had friends that were traveling overseas like on summer programs to be like yeah oh here's 20 dollars. you got to bring me back this morrissey's right 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 morrissey record uh you know and but now it's like when i talk about piracy on twitter people are like why well, live in a country where this movie's not coming out for six months and i go so wait so wait that's what we that's did just wait yeah and it, it, so many people i'm aware of this because uh, the show Meltdown that I do on Comedy Central. So many people are like, I don't have Comedy Central, but I watched it. Is that okay? The fact that they feel okay telling me, first of all, I don't care so much because uh, about that specific thing. It would be good if they were streaming it, then right, Comedy, the Comedy Central, Central would know right, that yeah. people would be watching it. And the, the app, the Comedy Central app is $3. I think everyone can afford $3. Not $3 per episode. $3 Period for the app. Forever. Yeah. But it's just much easier to get it for free. And it's this uh, entitlement thing of like, no, I should have access to everything well, that I want. Well, I can tell you the number of indie filmmakers who are friends of mine who tell me that on Twitter all the time, people will say, hey, I downloaded your movie from BitTorrent. I loved it. Yeah. And it's just like, man, why would you say that? They to don't the even person? understand that it's bad. Yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about two episodes of The X-Files, Tunguska and Terma. Uh, these are sort of uh, middle of season four, so a lot of the mythology has been established. 
uh, the Black Oil is in this one, Crycheck in this one. This is like a real, like, right in the middle of the X-Files conspiracy arc kind of two-parter. What did you think of these two broad strokes? This is sort of like peak mythology episode in that knowing where the show goes after this, you see sort of the seeds of it really not making a lot of sense after this, kind of. Right. They're really throwing a lot of things in together that uh, as, as a viewer the first time through, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see how this all works out. And then watching, I was like, oh, it doesn't really quite work out. Uh, it's interesting, and they keep throwing really interesting things in there. These two are great episodes, but I do feel like we're about... You know, we're almost at the movie now, right? Movie's the end of season five. Yes, yeah, so this is season four. So They're going to shoot the movie between four and five. We're really ramping up to kind of just peak mythology now. We're yeah. really right there. Like. And I just read, I mean, I think everyone knows this, but Chris Carter initially had wanted it to air, run for five seasons. Right. The movie you was totally feel that too. Yeah, yeah. it feels like it's building up to yeah. something, and then the movie would have been the end, but the show's so successful, so Fox really pushes it. And um, it kind of... Um, yeah, but this is good because it's got like it's got that stuff that X Files is getting really good at now, which is sort of like globe hopping, like making it an international conspiracy. The sense that Russia um, is doing its own experiments, right. trying to like so they're all so, so so I guess it's that they're all sort of in cahoots with the aliens, but on the side they're developing these vaccines just as sort of an insurance kind of thing. Well, there's this there's this fractious nature to the global conspiracy, mm-hmm. and we're not, and this really reveals that we're not 100 percent sure who is. Where um, yeah. Yeah, are they presenting a, uh, a solidified front to the colonists while also behind the scenes racing against each other? Are other nations involved in yeah. different ways? It's well, Japan neat. is sort of involved at one point, right? But like, it's on, on its own way. Like, it's, it's sort of right. neat how this all works that there's, there isn't a – even though there is the idea there's, a, there's like a new world order, one world government – in reality, we see that actually right. it's all kind of fractured. Yeah, and, and, and you're seeing that do we want to have like one world order and one government, but then the guy with the most important rock in the world gets stopped by right. airport customs. Right. Like, <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> you sh- he, they should be able to get him this through. This is before TSA. It's, it looks different. Everything looks yeah. different. Yeah. It's so crazy. That airport, I was like, was this how airports used to be? <laughs> Just walk around. I remember walking people to the airport gate when... Oh, yeah. Dropping off the airport. You drop, you go there and hang out at the gate and say goodbye or wait at the gate when people were coming off. Yeah. And you would just, they would come right off the jetway and there would just be the f- friends and family waiting yeah. right there at the gate. That's we so all nice. take our shoes off because one guy tried to set fire to his shoe bomb. See, now, if, that's why we all take our shoes off. If this episode had happened after 9 11, we wouldn't be able to bring rocks on planes anymore. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. The rocks would be banned from planes. And the the liquid thing was also like, it's like one guy tried to smuggle a liquid on that was two liquids that would form an explosive or something. Now ladies have to taste the breast milk that they bring on board in front of TSA agents to prove it's breast milk. Has that happened? That has happened. Wow. Oh my God. Well, I'm waltzing in with huge containers of uh, contact lens solution. <laughs> Why do I not have to taste that? I have gone through security so many times with stuff I should not go through security with. Yeah. That it's kind of, like not on purpose, but just like I have a bag that I use all the time. Yeah. And I, I didn't really unpack yeah. my day-to-day stuff. And same thing, big thing of, of, of contact solution or yeah. giant toothpaste that is far beyond the parameters. Yeah. And I just get right through. Here's, here's a conspiracy theory. So the last time, so I flew through Germany this time. Last time I flew through Germany was Emily and I were going on vacation in Europe and we flew through Germany. This was just like this year, like maybe four or five months ago. And I remember a trick from my younger days when I would travel was always ask for a halal meal uh, when you get your ticket in a national flight so you can do that. 
because it's usually made in smaller batches, so it's fresher, it's better quality. Have you seen oranges in New Black this season? Not this season. There's, no. a, there's a whole thing where they all say that they're Jewish so they can get kosher meals because they're higher quality. It's that kind of thing. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. So on this flight, uh, on the flight four months ago, I did that. And then it backfired in my face because all they gave me was like a box of carrots. They were like, this is halal. <laughs> I guess technically it's halal, but it's not food. So when I printed my boarding pass, here's a conspiracy theory. There was a special like symbol on it. It was four S's in a row. And in Germany, whenever I showed my boarding pass, I got extra security every single time. Four checkpoints I had to go through. Wow. In Germany... First of all, they should know never to put more than one S in, in a row. A row. Yeah, they, they should know. one S nation. Now. But I really think it was that because I said halal food, they were like, all right. I wouldn't be surprised at all that you right? automatically get, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just flew out of Israel and I got the special security treatment and they asked me if I was religious. What? How I was? How how were you raised? They, they just, can ask they, you. They were just chatting me up, like they were chatting me up, like as we're waiting, like you know. They can. Oh, ask. did you come here because you're religious? Ah. Is that like? Is that? Uh, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not. You know. Uh, oh, well, you you're not Jewish. What were you raised? Oh, Catholic. Really? It was like the chatting me up thing. Oh my god. While waiting for the other security guy to go through my bag. You know? Oh yeah, they yeah. know. Yeah. They. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so this episode, uh, it starts with that subcommittee thing, which, you know, it seems like it's, it's sort of intense stuff is happening. Like she's being questioned about where Mulder is. Everyone wants to know where Mulder is. Smoking man is in the back watching. I didn't get a good sense of what is the subcommittee investigating? They're investigating where Mulder is, where Mulder is because Mulder has been implicated in the death of that guy. It's sort of confusing. There's a lot of this is a really weird two-parter because there's a lot of stuff that happens that um, the plot moves along so quickly they sort of just jump past some yeah. things. Uh, it took me a little bit of time to figure out how Mulder didn't get infected by the black. Why did he not get infected? Because he was part of they were doing the vaccination control. trials and it worked. It worked, or he was not the he was not the control group. He was getting the real vaccine. I'm guessing. I mean, like I'm trying. I'm like I haven't watched because they episodes he gets infected at the end of that for real. But looks yeah. great. The, that that chicken wire on his yeah. face, the barbed wire, super intense. And then you find it. So that's the Russian people testing. Right. And then we find out that in America they've been testing on old folks right. at that old folks' home. I, you don't want to get tested for black oil vaccination in any country. But if you're going to pick, America's doing it a little more humane. But America's not working because uh, that lady seems like she's maybe... No, it's not working, but it's better to be in a house and not know rather than like in under... A gulag? Yeah. yeah, in yeah. a gulag with like, um, you know, metal wire yeah. holding you down. Uh, a, but that's the, 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 what the subcommittee is exactly investigating. The one manicured man says that he has a friend who can... The guy who's asking just, the questions. It seems like it's just bullshitting. Like it's just they're just wasting time essentially. Yes. They're, they're creating a... They're, they're stonewalling... Uh, more or less is what it seems like. So yes. I'm not sure if there's like a real hardcore yeah. reason. Uh, it's almost like to have to let Scully have some give her something to do because she's not really doing very much in these two. These two she's episodes, got, right? She got a little bit of medical stuff to do. She's got some medical stuff right. to do. Yeah, because the 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 rock, which is four billion years old. Now you know that's based on in '96. Remember that rock. That they were like, sure. this rock is proof of life on Mars sure. or whatever. They, they and talk then, about it a couple times. In yeah, the and yeah. since then it's been debunked. That was 96. I looked it up and this is, I believe, 96 or 97, right around the same ripped, time. Like Law and Order style ripped from the headlines. Yes, and that rock is 4 billion years old. Right. That's crazy. That's very old. 
Four billion? That is very old. Um, they also referenced Tunguska, which I looked up, and it's an event that happened in 1908. It's a real thing. It is one of the weirdest things that has ever happened. It's uh, it's weird. Probably a meteor. Had, yeah, that's uh, what they've landed had on. Exploded over. Yes. The uh, landscape. The, the pictures of the Tunguska blast are incredible. Just trees flattened. It took out 80 million trees. Yeah, it's it took unreal. Out. They think that, yeah, they think it was a meteor that exploded before it hit the earth, but that there's one lake over there that they think was actually caused by a big meteor fragment. And there's like a lot of like weird conspiracy theories. Is a UFO, it was, was it a UFO that blew yeah, up? Yeah, sure. Was it a black hole that hit the, the a, a, a tiny black hole? How was can it, you have a tiny black hole? Uh, I don't know. These are all just different theories I'd read about when I was okay. super into the supernatural stuff uh, uh, that we uh, we phased through a tiny black hole. Oh, cool. <laughs> I like that. It's the biggest one that's ever happened. It's uh, five on the Richter scale. Um, 80 million trees over an area of 830 square miles. We're it's, real lucky that it happened like in yeah. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like so deep in the middle of nowhere. 830 it. square miles. That's crazy. Because if that had happened over in New York City, everybody's most of the dead. East Coast would be gone right now. Yeah. Right? We would never have rebuilt it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, did you read the new thing that uh, Stephen Hawking's new theory about uh, black holes? I saw the headlines, but I haven't read it. I feel it's bad. very complicated. It's <laughs> like I haven't read it. I knew I was. It seems like they're getting it. very excited about very little, but I'm sure it's a lot. But also, <laughs> I don't understand it. I read Brief History of Time, and it stopped making sense at a certain point. Yeah. And, but I read the whole thing. Apparently, you know, black holes suck in everything. Right. His new theory, from what I understand, please don't correct me because I, I, I'm not. This is very complicated. But that the mouth of the black hole actually somehow has information about what it's, what's gone in there. So it might be possible that some of that information is preserved. It doesn't all just disappear. That makes so sense. You could look at the mouth of the black hole and know what went in there. That makes basically. sense because one of the ways they talk about black holes is that as you hit the, the event horizon and as the force of gravity gets so strong, it distorts time and space to the point that for you falling in, you are falling in forever. That sounds horrible. It's it's really it seems like a real bad way to die. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, to forever be fallen. But that but that makes sense then that if the event horizon within it, time and space is distorted to the point where you, as the person experiencing it, feel uh, experience it as happening for in eternity. Oh, so then maybe it's that's, that, that's you, that. We, can yeah, we see that. I that like that. I'm as smart as Stephen Hawking. I think you're you're what, st smart as Stephen Hawking, and I can run down the street too. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow, gauntlet thrown. <laughs> You should tweet at him. <laughs> um, I didn't see his movie, by the way. I, I saw his movie. They uh, they do go into the fact that he cheated on his wife. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really make a big deal out of it. Uh, so his penis works. It's unclear. Okay. It's unclear. The movie, okay. uh, he definitely, though, uh, had like kind of a hot nurse that he ended up with. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, that guy who like just pulls out the thing and drops it. At the airport? That guy's a fucking Unreal. idiot. But that's, again, this is pre-TSA, so we think that TSA are the dumbest people at the airport, but obviously that's always been in place. Even before TSA, people have always dumbasses yeah. have been handling He just drops thing. it, the thing goes in the guy, and Mulder's investigating domestic terrorism. So this is my favorite thing about this episode. This feels like watching an X-Files from a different dimension. Watching Mulder and Scully suit up with, like, Battle gear yeah. and and assault rifles. Yeah, it was like amazing to watch because it's like a totally different show. Yeah, uh, out of nowhere, and uh, he's really into the domestic terrorism. And he doesn't even really consider, like, he never investigates this stuff. And no. somebody's sending him this information, and he never tries to say, 
Does this have any other connection to the X-Files in any way? That's why I was surprised. I was surprised that he was like, well, this is too practical. This could actually save lives. Why am I... <laughs> why would I do this? And of course, Crycheck is the one who's been thinking of information. Clearly, this is a reference to Timothy McVeigh and right. stuff, right? Right. Um, do the, they mention explicitly Oklahoma? They do. They, yeah, they explicitly they just, mention... This be the next Oklahoma City. Yeah, they explicitly um, mention it. And it is a right-wing terror group. Um, I read an interview, or an excerpt from an interview by with Chris Carter, and I think, again, Darren Mooney is the one who pointed me to it via his reviews which are excellent where he specifically talks about he's like he's afraid that his show about being paranoid about the government he doesn't want people to extrapolate right that, that he really you believes should, this and you should do this yeah and that right. you should go out and blow up stuff he says a healthy like uh questioning of the authority is good but not like let's not burn it to the ground yeah it's funny because he's this show is airing in the height of black helicopter fema death camp fear during the Clinton administration. This yeah. Is the height of this stuff. Why do you think that the Clinton administration had all that um, paranoia well, about the government now with stuff? the Obama because he's a Democrat, and that's it. That's what but it is. Once, once Republicans back in office, when they actually do institute insane, like, totalitarian measures, uh, like uh, 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 like tapping all of our phones, yeah. uh, then the right one they don't care. Uh, but if it's, if it's a Democrat in office, then they think that the the black helicopters are coming. They're testing on us. It's yeah. like it's so clearly partisan. It's so crazy uh, because Bush was actually doing stuff. Uh, it's so it's just so nutty. Uh, but these guys they, they they become patriots again. If our next president is Republican, yeah. watch all of these Tea Partiers and all these conspiracy people who think that Obama is going to take away. You know, he's about to uh, the people who believe that Jade Helm is Obama trying to take over Texas. Have you been following this? No. It's cr- you should read about this. It's crazy. Okay. Jade, it's real X Filesy. Jade Helm is a military war game happening across three or four states in the Southwest, including Texas. And people in Texas decided that what actually Jade Helm is is Obama secretly one bringing in ISIS terrorists to, as as, as opponents for the war game, uh, but I- intending to infiltrate them into America, and then to use the ISIS terrorists attacking as a reason to take over Texas and take everybody's guns. Wow. So They're so self-involved where they're like, they want us. It's so crazy that like like local state senators began holding hearings looking into what Jade Helm was. Like major oh, army guys had to be huge. like – Major army guys had to be like, it's just a war game, man. We do this every couple of years. Like, it's not that big a deal. Wow, that's uh, cool. But it's so funny. Very x So for these guys, for these military, these for these crazy right-wingers, the military is the enemy until the minute a Republican gets into office. And then the minute a Republican's in office and gets us into war in Afghanistan, yeah. don't you dare say a bad thing about the right. military. Uh, but then as soon as it's Democrat, well, these soldiers are here to kill us. Well, We're going to have to shoot these soldiers ourselves. Well, I'm going to get a lot of emails from Republican listeners to this podcast, so I'm going to say don't send them and just assume that I know that you don't like it. Because <laughs> whenever you're on, I get emails, long ones, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. You don't sound crazy at all. Really long emails. I don't want them. <laughs> And it'll always be like, um, subject be like, uh, I'm disappointed or feedback about your show. Well, I like the people who tweet um, when the uh, a new episode comes up and it's got me and people will tweet and they'll say like, great, another one I can't listen to. Well, it's interesting because I've seen a lot of people be like, you know, he sounds like a, he sound, he's awesome on Kamal's podcast, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know what about why he sucks. All the other. What are you doing? What are you doing? 
<laughs> I literally have no idea. I, I will say stuff or I'll tweet or write things that I don't think are at all inflammatory. inflammatory and people flip out. I think it's about people not knowing my tone of voice. So that's like a failing for me as a writer. Yeah. I'm not conveying tone properly. So I think that people don't who don't know me, who have not really heard me, will read things that I write and they will read it in like an angry voice or like a totally over the top voice. Yeah. And uh, it's not. So that's that, that's my feeling. Yeah. As, as but a it but it's but it is interesting. I do see that. I've it's seen crazy. the discussion on Reddit and stuff of people being like, "Yeah, I mean, he's, he's good on the podcast, but you know, I don't know why he's a monster he's, otherwise. He's, he's yeah. a monster otherwise." Um, I don't think you're a monster. Uh, Maybe you, you are. Now you're going to get emails. Uh, there's a great... Well, I'm getting these emails anyway after your Republican run. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, actually, I I, uh, go, uh, the, I was kind of surprised. I didn't actually expect to see Crycheck. That was a good reveal. And Mulder's um, insult to him, invertebrate scum sucker whose moral dipstick is two drops short of bone dry. <laughs> it's very well thought out. He's been sitting on that for a while. Like Next time I run into Crycheck, I'm going to pull this out. Um, also, you know, the last time we saw Crycheck, he was at that spaceship he with was in the, the black silo, oil. Right, right. Yeah, he was in the silo. Um, how did he get out? This militia finds him or something, right? No, the militia, the militia says that they, they did not find him, that he came to them. So they don't... They don't ever We answer. don't know no. how... I, mean, I think this is a case of they're hedging their bets as, as creatives... Yeah, we, they we're not going to question we're everything. Not, well, thing. maybe in the future we can reveal... There are characters... In this, I don't want to spoil it for people who are watching along with the show, but there are characters in the show right now whose other motivations are revealed later on. That's right. And I don't think that that's actually planned. I think it's they're figuring it out as they go along. Well, yes. And so they, le they left, I think they left Crycheck a gap so that they could, if they wanted to fill introduce in a character, later. fill it in later. Well, there's interesting stuff because Crycheck says kind of something like that when Mulder's like, I want to know the truth. He's like, they're making it no up truth. as they go along. He goes, it's, it's the most meta aspect. He goes, there is yeah. no truth. They're making it up as they go yeah. along. And I, I honestly think that's like specific. I think that is honestly meta on purpose. I think they yeah. are 100% yeah. sort of winking and saying that. Hey, like, man, we're trying our best. Right, we didn't just, know this show was going to become huge. Did just, you know? Yeah, we're figuring it out, man. We're just following yeah. what seems really cool right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it, it really, but it also... Works with the conspiracy theory aspect because, as you said, these guys want to establish one government and all this stuff. But it's really hard to get all the right. to get everybody on the same page. It's good drama in that way. Yeah. yeah. I read a review of this episode where somebody complained about that aspect that having the Russians be separate from the Americans and making it a global battle as well as an intergalactic battle uh, ruins it. But I think it actually really richens it. For oh me. yeah, I think so. I think so because it sort of shows that it shows like, listen, all of Earth is uh you know at stake but still these governments are still sort of resorting to their petty shit like right. there's still like patriotic shit going on right. even though it really shouldn't matter because it's aliens right we're all still squabbling tribal idiots yes yeah. exactly exactly uh yeah i wrote down to make it up as a uh, we are, uh i like uh the sort of buddy comedy of Mulder and Crycheck together. It also seems like because Crycheck is called Rat Boy, they call him Rat Boy on yeah. the message boards, and they really hate him. So it seems like they're really putting him through the ringer on purpose. Yeah, I think people liked it. I I like Crycheck a lot. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He's just a really great wild card character. Yeah. Um, and he's really they do a really smart thing with him. I think in that um they keep him just pathetic enough 
Yes. That you feel bad even though you know he deserves it. Yeah. There's a level where he's getting beat up just enough that you're like, oh, this guy's really getting it hard. And then at the very end, he's revealed to be like the mastermind asshole, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it was really perfectly done in that way. Yeah, but losing the arm is still like no, – was not part of the plan, I assume. I still remember when this episode first aired, that reveal of him dipping the uh, tea, the tea with, the fake, with the prosthetic hand. Yeah. I remember like being at home being like, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Like I, for it's me, cool. it was like to see – that to understand at the time the idea that most tv shows were um episodic and not serialized so to create that kind of a change for a character yeah was profound yeah i mean like because you couldn't th- this was already a show that you had to really watch the show yeah that really was a thing where it was like if you skipped an episode all of a sudden crycheck has no arm right like that was a big deal back then yeah and, and then since neat. then of course they That's did it with standard buster yeah. bluth <laughs> lost an arm so it's a comedy trope yeah <laughs> now it's become a comedy trope but yeah it's cool uh the, the losing the arm thing and um it really does like when marita Covarubias comes in they don't really explain who, who she, she is, is yeah, or really anything have to be up to date with you her. really do because also yeah he doesn't even say to her like as special counsel of the UN, you can yeah. help me. They don't even do that. She's it's just, just like, like she's yeah, just, I'm going to help you she's out. She's like a lady like in a, in a, in a gown. In a, yeah, it was kind gown. of sort of it's a little sexy. fucky to... Yeah, she's a little sexy. fucky to Mulder. And Mulder doesn't want it. But she's like, let me help you. And he's like, find my cell phone? Like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, they... Uh, what's... Uh, oh, when they get the rock... And Mulder is upset. Like, it's just a rock. There's no way Mulder, Mulder would have been like, oh, yeah, we found the, whatever this is. It's going to be amazing, right? It's a little weird where he's like, oh, God, this is a, a, a bullshit when clearly it's not bullshit. We know it's something. Well, I guess I see where he's coming from because Mulder's been at this now for so long and has gotten so high up that he just wants the fucking smoking gun at this point. Yeah. He's so sick of things that open up new doors. Yeah. Um, and so this is just a rock. It's like hard for him to sort of, in the moment, it looks like, like I mean, he makes that joke, what did you get for Halloween, Charlie Brown? Yeah. It looks like, you know, the, the, the rock in his, in, his, in his trick-or-treat bag. Like, it looks like a, a fucking prank. Yeah. Like, you know, is that is Krychek pranking him? Is Krychek is this, or is Krychek creating some kind of large, which he is doing? Yes, he is creating larger havoc. Yes, but Mulder doesn't understand it, but he yeah. gets the sense that Krychek is fucking. Krychek's a total trickster. Yeah, he he's, sure uh, is. He's Loki of the show. And now at this point, is, do you think that he really is trying to bring down the conspiracy in some way because they they turned on him? At least the uh, syndicate. I think so. It's. I mean, it's, yeah. You know, that's clearly what he's up to here. He's. It's funny, I don't want to spoil, but I can't because I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. So I don't remember. It all gets so fuzzy after this. At some point around here, like I remember these episodes, and these episodes are great, even though they don't really move the plot forward that much. There's no huge revelations. So far, the mythology has been pretty good about introducing new elements. This one doesn't really introduce anything super new. Like the Russia thing is... Is something of the fact that they're trying to do um, inoculation, yeah, inoculation, having a vaccine, but it's not really like a groundbreaking, huge, crazy thing that you find. But they work really well, and they're good, and they're somewhat clear in what's happening. As I as we get further, my my memory of it starts getting fuzzy. Well, I think it gets more and more complicated. That's why it gets fuzzier, and that's Krychek's motivations are part of the complications. I'm not, I don't remember what the final reveal, if any, of Krychek's loyalties are but it does seem to me from watching these episodes for the first time in 15 years that he really is not working for the russians right also not working for the syndicate is almost certainly a rogue agent 
who knows too much about yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. And like in, a, in 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 the modern day, um, in like the post Breaking Bad era, um, Crychek's your hero. Oh sure, the guy working all the sides oh, for his yeah. own weird uh, maybe some. It's like blacklist, you know what I mean? Like the guy. Oh, who I don't has know all, blacklist, but he has all the secrets, and he you yeah. know is fucking with the CIA. And that and, guy's the most interesting guy, right? And so that yeah. it's sort of like in the modern antihero era, like yeah. Crychek's the lead of the X Files right. now, right? And Crychek and Mulder are like pretty similar. There's in, two sides of the same coin, right? Crychek is really interesting because he knows all the stuff Mulder wants to know. Yes, um, and he knows that he knows all the stuff that Mulder wants to know. Right, and he really likes torturing him with it. Yeah, but at the same time, he knows all the stuff that Mulder knows, and he knows that knowing that stuff does not give him any peace or does not give him bigger answers. Right, as his speech, which is, "There's no truth, man. This is yeah, it's just fucked up." Yeah, there's a part where Mulder just punches him in the face for no reason, which I liked. And then Skinner, shirtless Skinner. I wrote that down too, shirtless Skinner. Yeah, he goes, uh, he'll be this safe is even here. before Tumblr. Imagine yeah. in the Tumblr era. They know what they're doing because he this looks like a real leather daddy in this episode. He's super buff. Yeah. He And he still is today. Like someone just, he just tweeted pictures on the set of the new X-Files and he looks great. He's in a... He was in Dallas or something recently, like the show Dallas or oh, really? Dynasty or whatever the remake they was. They did a Dallas, yeah. They yeah. did a new Dallas. He was in that show. Yeah, no, he's so great. It's so great coming to his house and like he's just like hot, bald, leather daddy with his topless and he just like comes in, brings Krychek in. Oh, just yeah. Just rabbit punches him, like just like knocks him over. It's oh, like yeah. asserts his immediate masculine and dominance. And the way he says, yes, the way he says like he'll be safe here is definitely <laughs> very seductive. Again, like, if, in, if this show aired today, not only would Krychek be the lead, but they would be shipping Krychek. Oh, and, Krychek uh, and Skinner? And Skinner, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Skinner <laughs> would be shipped, shipped with everybody. Um. Uh, well, Crychek's fight on the balcony throw the guys up. It's really good. Throws the guys up. So I yeah. guess the thing I wrote down is that this yeah. episode is a shocking. These two, this two part are shocking in the scope. Um, just even being on Skinner's balcony and seeing the city behind him, yeah, for X Files is stunning. Yeah, because it's usually a forest or a suburban street or right. some kind of shopping center. And so the city behind him is amazing. The airport scene. Well, they're actually on the tarmac. Yeah. And you can't fake that. They're shooting at an airport. Yeah. That's really incredible for the X-Files. Oh, yeah. There's a huge explosion. The oil rig explosion yeah, at the is end like is sort massive. Of the biggest episodes, I maybe to date. This is the think. height of X-Files because I know season five, it goes down a little bit in popularity because I remember when the movie came out, it didn't come out like it came out like a few months too late. I mean, the movie did. Very well, but season four was the height, and five like goes down a little bit, probably because it sort of starts getting really complicated. And at right. that time, it's hard people to follow. people pe- didn't have yeah didn't have DVRs. They 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 couldn't binge watch it to keep up. And I think in season four, I think you know because the the uh, audience is growing. It's it was a different time. I don't think people are going back and starting and binge watching from season one, two, three. I feel like they're kind of jumping on. Oh yeah, they're hundred jumping on. They can't. They're yeah. May, they're maybe they'll catch repeats if they can. Yeah, but, but there's that's no hard. real way. There's no to DVR. There's no on demand. There's no Netflix or anything. Yeah, and I'm I, trying to think when the VHS tapes even came out because I, I remember in the beginning those. it was just specific episodes. It was just, it was just they just skipped out. Yeah, they just had little uh, two 
two episodes per tape and it was like six episodes a season they but they were so expensive too i remember they were like a couple hundred bucks a season i don't think even if they're available by season four i don't think people are going back right. and buying that so i think the mythology um is sort of a deterrent uh, i think the one-offs people like and these mythology episodes are the ones it's, that eventually turn people off because they couldn't just jump in it's just so funny how the show is like ahead of its time on every yeah. possible level like it's yeah. crazy yeah um the other thing about the black oil in, in a previous episode i think Mulder talks about how black oil is just a vehicle and the virus is something else in this one do they contradict that it's also part of it is like i mean nobody really knows what's going on kind of but is the black oil now the actual entity because it's still in there i don't right i don't understand right because um the black oil went into the ufo last time we saw it uh, and it seemed like it was meant to go into the UFO. Yeah, like uh, the the UFO was designed for black for, oil entry, right? Which seemed weird. So I don't quite understand how that works here. If I had to guess, and if I wanted to like do my fan pasting over of the logical stuff, sure. The inoculation is to stop the black oil. Period. So that no matter what you're using, what's it, in it, no matter what they're putting in it, yeah, you're stopping it at the base. Because what's happening is when that guy gets the black oil. Uh, the the scientist guy who's right. cutting open the rock, he isn't being controlled by it. He's just sort of frozen. He's by just it. sort of frozen. Yeah, he's comatose by it. Um, um, I actually this was it was funny because after watching these, I don't usually do like a ton of research into like what I usually you're the one that does all the reading about reviews. Yeah, and all the, but I was sort of confused by this, and I was like I trying to figure out how it works. And I read a, I found a guy who had a very uh, a deep theory about how the Tunguska black oil is weaker than the one that they had access to before because of the heat of the explosion of Tunguska. Oh, wow. Because it had been underground for so long. So they only just discovered it recently. Yeah. Uh, so stuff like that that made it a weaker thing so that therefore it wasn't controlling people in the same way. Okay. Although, although at the same time, if it's only a vehicle... Then it makes sense. Then it just... All it does is just shut you down, allowing... Right the alien presence to then control. control you okay so the black hole could be the thing that shuts them down and then the alien virus controls you but here yeah. there's no alien virus right wow we really made sense of it <laughs> i think we figured <laughs> we it out solved it there's a huge breakthrough we may have solved it uh in this one Mulder's is really bossing scully around quite a bit find out about the rock call me as soon as he can he does that a lot and she's not on board for the rock thing in the beginning she's really right. like um and uh, yeah, they put Krychek through the ringer. Well, this is an interesting episode because they're they're apart the whole two parter. Yeah, they really they're are consistently apart. He comes in at the end, um, and uh, he comes in at the end and has a hissy fit in a Senate sub. He really does. And once I thought it was such a great moment, Skinner walks in and sees him and doesn't even nod at him. It was just like he's here, <laughs> like you're not surprised. They've been looking for him at this right, point for right. the whole two parter, and he sees him, doesn't even bat an eyelid, just like of course, yep. Um, it's funny because uh, we've hit a point now in the show where obviously the structure is to keep them apart for big mythology episodes right. because she needs to remain Cover skeptic. more ground, yeah. Well, she needs to be a skeptic. Right. So you can't True. have her seeing sure. the shit that he sees right. because then you'd ruin – but at the same time, I do feel like actually they could have kept them together because – the black oil is something that she believes in. Right. She knows it exists. So even if she saw the Russians testing it, it doesn't make a difference. Right. Um, it's sort of interesting how they're kept apart. I feel like this is the kind of thing, again, if we're talking about how this works in 2015 versus 1996, I think this is the kind of stuff that would have the audience kind of getting irritated in that why is the girl going to stay home? Right. I like, get that too. It, and I get there's that. There's a certain point in this two-parter where I was like, 
All yeah. that she's doing is covering his ass. She's like, really this is not, not a doing, partnership right now. That's the problem. She doesn't have very much to do. Right. He tells her what to do, and she's kind of covering for him. It seems like it was sort of reverse engineered. Not in a bad way. Shows right. do this all the time right. to put Mulder and Krychek together. Right. Uh, Which is a I, great duo, and that really works. It right. works. Re- it really, really works. But a lot of, I think, really good shows do that, where they're like, all right, which two characters haven't been together? What makes right. sense? All right, let's put Newman with Elaine right. or whatever. I think that stuff works really, really well. Um, and clearly, they reverse engineered that. Right. They couldn't have Scully in the equation, so Scully's not there. But I did wish that she had, she had a, a bit more to do than she does. It would have been nice if the stuff like going to Florida could have happened before Mulder got back. Just to give her a proactive thing to do, yeah, to okay. investigate the old folks' home. If yeah. she had, instead of just hanging out in the lab, yeah. and looking at the guy who's in a coma, yeah, um, if she had been proactively investigating, yeah. I think that would have been pretty, yeah, cool. I thought that the opening of the second episode with the, the cold open with the woman who's going in the back to get yeah. suicided or whatever, I thought that was really good. Uh, that worked really well. That was really good because it kind of is like where because it ends with the last episode ends with Mulder getting the black right. oil on him. Then it starts up and you're in Boca Raton or wherever, and you're like, what the fuck? Why am I watching this? But then it ties in with the black wall. It's really cool. And it's really smart because the show had become, in the previous episode, so global and about a global conspiracy uh-huh. that to bring it to just a little house and that looks like a regular place uh-huh. and to sort of reassert the everyday horror, yeah. I think is really smart. I think it's the really show, smart. The show does really a good job of taking this big global conspiracy, as you said, but then also situating how it affects like specific people's lives. Right. Like uh, Mulder's like, not cellmate, but the guy the next cell over right. who says that he was a geologist. Right. And he said he was a very famous geologist. Name one fucking geologist. Who's a famous geologist? Who has ever been a famous? Name one in history. I, anyway, I guess it was that guy. That guy was him. the one famous geologist of all time. <laughs> um, but uh, it's because they, they give him a little bit of a backstory. Right. So it always you sort of get how the horror affects right. everyday people. I think, yeah, it does a really good job. The other thing that the show really does a lot is in these conspiracy, in these uh, massage episodes, Mulder's always sleep deprived. They always use that. So in like Marita's house, he's like falling asleep. Like they do that all the time. Like, oh, okay, so Mulder hasn't been getting sleep. That's that's very good. That's important. Um, Agent Pendrel shows up. I really like Agent Pendrel. That's a really good, clearly a local... Canadian actor right. that they cast who then turned out to be very likable. Right. They give him a little thing for Scully. Like, that's a fun little thing. He's like an audience favorite. Just get a little bit of, a little bit of business in there. Just oh, going. yeah. 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 Totally. That's exactly the kind of part that, like, I was like, oh, man, I would have loved to be Agent Pendrel. <laughs> that's, like, the perfect part for... For for me, for like X-Files or something. It's very convenient that he speaks Russian, but his name is Krychek. Well, it is funny that when the way that they... Uh, I actually wrote that down too, is that it's really funny that the way that they introduce him speaking Russian... He swears is He Russian. swears at Mulder out of nowhere. And it's like... Right uh, before Mulder's supposed to go to that. Go there, yeah. Yeah, it's like really one of those like... I mean, I, I guess in some way, like, we could argue that Krychek is letting Mulder know... Yeah, Take that he because he's on to he knows more than he's letting on. Obviously. So it's hard to figure out if this is just the writers letting us know before he speaks Russian for the first time, right? That he speaks Russian, or if this is Krychek actually letting Mulder know, take me yeah. as part of his conspiratorial weirdness. Yeah. It's also such a Mulder thing to do. He does this all the time where they're like, this rock is from Tunguska. All right, well then let's just go there. Let's just go to the actual site and see what's happening over there. And obviously there's a big gulag. because well, Krychek is like, follow the pouch. Yeah. And he's like, no, we're going to go where the pouch came from. Yeah. We're going to go all the way to the source of it rather yeah. than... Um, it's a very Mulder thing to do. Like, yeah, let's just go to it. Let's yeah. go to it right now. Yeah. Really? Right now? You don't want to pack or anything? I remember I found out, like, I was going to Bulgaria the next day, like, two weeks ago. And it just was like, fuck. 
I have to go to fucking Bulgaria. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Bulgaria. But but Mulder is like, yeah, let's just go. We'll buy underwear when we get there. You know, I often had that. So I, you know, I travel a bit for work. And, and when I travel for work, I often get stressed out the night before. That I pack yeah. what I need. But then I think about it. And I'm like, it's 2015, man. I, most of what I need, I could just get when I'm there. Yeah. Like if I did not pack enough socks, they probably do have socks. Wherever Everywhere. I'm going. Right. And most places sell socks. Yeah. The day that I go to like the jungle, this is going to bite me in the ass. Yeah. But when I'm going to a city, he, he's, going to, he's going to Russia. He could probably buy socks. Yeah, but he's going to Tunguska. Like, this is where eight, you know, 300 miles of nothing. Yeah, but he could, but he has to still land. He has to land in some he airport. He could go uh, to I the guess duty you're right. free. Yeah. You have to buy adapters for your cell phones to plug into the wall because it's a different, <laughs> it's a different thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Most things, by the way, now do work like iPhones and all Apple products. You can just plug into a wall anywhere in the world and they'll charge. Really? Yeah. Not in Israel, I couldn't. I had to beg. I, I actually brought my wrong oh, adapter. Oh, you have to buy the little thing, but not the actual step-down, step-up voltage thing. But the thing that actually plug it into the wall. Or just the thing the, that changes the shape of the it. The shape of it. Yeah, yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. That you have to do. That's but, a real pain. But most things like the Xbox, even with that, you can't plug into a wall. You have to get a step-down okay. transformer, which I traveled because with. Because it's different that. voltage. It's different voltage. It's 110 here and there. It's 220. And um, I brought my Xbox because I was good to, to be Bulgaria? In, yeah, because I was going to Bulgaria. And I didn't know what it was going to be like. Very glad I did. It was also like we would start working at one and, and working at like one. So it was like weird times. So I would kind of go to bed at like four every night. That's hard nerd cred though, like that you brought your Xbox to Bulgaria. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. you didn't, you, like your thing wasn't like, I'm going to catch up on books. No. It was like, I'm bringing my Xbox. No, I brought my Xbox and I played. I got, okay, this is weird. I, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think I was alone in Bulgaria, kind of sleep, like on this weird sleep schedule. I was kind of jet lagged. I was working almost every day. There was no, not many people speak English. Like some people kind of do, but it's not really. So I was right. like just very unbalanced. And for some reason, I got really obsessed with, in Pakistan when I was a kid, 1992 Cricket World Cup, Pakistan won. Spoiler alert. And I remember being really into that World Cup and everybody being really into it. I remember that uh, the day, I remember waking up at like 3 or 4 in the morning because it was in Australia, so the time was off. Waking up with my dad and watching these games. And I remember everything. I remember like specific, specific highlights in my head. Um, I remember when the finals happened, Pakistan versus England. Yeah, that's the only battle we've won. Um, um, that the teacher set up a test that day, so all the kids had to, so we had to go to school, and every, we all, as kids, talked and were like, nobody's gonna come. And out of thirty some kids, four showed up, and the test didn't happen. And there was never a makeup wow. test. The teacher never brought it up again. It was her like, all right, you win this round. So for whatever reason. While I was there, in the middle of the night, I started watching highlights from this World Cup from 23 years ago. And just like regressing, like regressing <laughs> to a childhood, like happy times. And it was, I would like tear up watching it and stuff. And it was really interesting because there was, I guess this sort of ties in. So Pakistan, no, you know, there's two major political parties. Nobody really trusts them. Um, when I, in the early 90s, a third political party started showing up called MQM. And this was for basically the people who were Indians who'd moved to Pakistan. And it was the first time that in a long time that there was like a sense of hope, like everybody in, pa in Karachi, where I'm from, like this political party got really strong. Altaf Hussein was the leader. The, the, 
the, the chant we would all do was Mahajar was the name of the group of people. Mahajar on got Superman, Altafasan, Altafasan. There were all these pictures of him in like a Superman outfit. But it was the only times my parents were politically engaged. We would go to these rallies and like cheer and stuff. I remember being very ex- ex- excited and then found out a couple of years ago, he had all these torture chambers oh, yeah. and it was like oh, sure. really horrible and he escaped. He's still in London in sort of self-imposed exile, never got caught or wow. extradited or anything. So it was this like hopeful thing that then ultimately very curdled really badly right. and it became like a really horrible thing and we were all ashamed of it. But watching these highlights from 92, people were like waving MQM flags. And I was like, oh, shit, this happened during that, too. It was just, in general, a really hopeful time. Like, we were <laughs> defeating England. MQM was going to save us all. Uh, it was such a, And so I was like in the middle of the night in Bulgaria, just like watching these highlights, uh, trying to find uh, full-length matches because they last like eight hours. Right. And being like, oh, I could just watch this. <laughs> But I didn't find them. Just found highlights. Anyway, that's a digression. Uh, I always like the conversation between well manicured man and cigarette smoking man. Well, They're always there's so like, vague. There's really a good uh, 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 thing going on between these two, where you really get the sense how little well manicured man respects cigarette smoking man. Oh yeah, he's like the dirty soldier. He's the dirty guy. soldier. He's like, we're doing really important work. Yeah, and you're the part thing that we have to deal with. Right. Just to make it work. It's right. really fascinating. And it's really cool that it happens on his little horse ranch. Yeah. Uh, that Where his like, of, girlfriend gets killed by the badass Russian, by old the badass Russian, Russian guy. guy. But it's cool to have that because it sort of gives a sense of sort of the old money nature of these guys. I mean, yeah. you know, the guy who has the horse doing the hurdles or whatever they call it uh, in his backyard right. is the money guy. Yeah. Just watching him be like, real shitty. Uh, there's like a line I wrote down. Um,. Oh. He says to Cigarette Smoking Man, this will take more than good aim. Uh-huh. It's a Which great... Which is like, oh, that's yeah. fucking harsh. Like, yeah. All that you are is a fucking hit man. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, Cigarette Smoking Man shows up and goes like, you need some I guess of you my need talents. someone with my talents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Again, like Cigarette that. Smoking Man is also a little like Crycheck in that he's sort of this like... Uh, a uh, scruffy blue collar kind of guy who's just like a survivor who just like makes things work, you know. They really have deepened him quite a bit at this point, and he's a, he's a real character now, despite not really knowing a lot about him. Yeah, well, he's a real a character. A couple episodes ago, or maybe just the episode before this, was musings of a cigarette smoking man. Oh, this was the his origin story. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's when the, that, that's when that happened. But also, it's some of some of it's recounted it's the, by the, the Forrest Gump episode. Yes, it's the Forrest Gump episode, and Chris White's the director. Who was and and writer who wrote one of the new Star Wars movies? Yeah. I can't keep track of how many Star Wars are coming. There are one every year. So it's there's a Han Solo one with Chris Miller and Phil Lord. It's going to be, be awesome. Episode seven, Rogue and One. Episode eight. Episode seven is JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams. Episode, Rogue One is the guy that did Godzilla. Okay. Chris well, White's Gareth wrote that. Evans. Yeah, Gareth. Well, it's either Edward, Evans or Edwards. There's two. One guy did the raid. One guy did Godzilla. One is Gareth Edwards, one is Gareth Evans, and oh, I can never keep them guys straight. Guys, change one of your names. Uh, that's Chris White's wrote that one, Rogue One. Uh-huh. Then Episode Eight, Ryan Johnson. He's doing Episode Eight. Yeah. And then comes Han Solo. probably Han Solo, and then Episode Nine, Colin Trevorrow, Jurassic World guy. Yeah. Wow. They've really, everyone's doing the Marvel thing. They've really found all of the white guys in yeah. Hollywood <laughs> to make these movies. But they're all pretty good. Like, I like all those guys. Um I see Devin's face says, don't, <laughs> let's move on. I'm not sure if you caught up with Jurassic World or not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I like this sort of thing that they do. Watch how seamlessly I go back to X-Files. Um, they do this structure thing where the first, uh, the cold open is uh, today. 
and then it flashes back. Right. The first episode's catching up, and then the episode, second episode is starting with the cold open and then moving forward. Right. This is a structure that X-Files has used a lot in these mythology episodes, and I think it works really well. Um, I just wrote down they're getting whipped by a dude on a horse. That's got to be some sort of brony fantasy, right? It's real Planet of the Apes stuff. I like yes, that Yes, it really stuff. is. There is uh, if, 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 ever, yeah. if ever I was to end up having been gay... It would have been because of Planet of the Apes and Star Trek. And this episode has both the things that I like from these, which is dudes on horses, like, attacking people on foot. Yeah. And then also uh, from Star Trek, and this is, like, the most personal thing I'll ever reveal ever, ever, is, like, 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 like dudes, like, topless, like, getting, like... Uh, tested on or like in ter- terrible danger the idea of a tv show like your hero having his shirt off yeah um is the most vulnerable thing he can be oh and, the, and uh, that yeah. they, that happened on star trek a bunch with captain kirk and for yes. me that was always like oh kirk's in trouble right now he's been trapped his, and his shirt off. is off yeah and this is only first season because he got too fat after that but uh it was always like so for me that's like that pulpy like um, because also this this is a period when guys had their shirts off and they didn't look like Schwarzenegger. So I know. It was just like tough dads. Yeah. And so uh, watching dudes with shirts off get like in trouble, like to me is like the height of like adventure fun. Yeah. Again, if I ever be- if I ever had ended up gay, I would point exactly at those two things. Why, right. Why okay. It uh, it's also like you said the era where. Uh, leads in movies with their shirts off actually look vulnerable rather than just like, not, fucking muscle bound insane. Like people. now, like you know, Chris Evans takes off his shirt in an Avengers movie or Chris Hemsworth, people and it's like, gasp. oh, that guy's fucking amazing. Yeah. But back in the day, they just looked like your dad who yeah. maybe had m- maybe yeah. done some extra sit. There's an arm, arms race going on between all these superheroes movies to who can get the buff is because. I mean, who's who's winning right now? I remember in Superman, in Man of Steel, when he has his shirt off in one scene, it's just like, I honestly couldn't breathe for 30 seconds because I'd never seen a guy that looked like that. It's it's rain. But isn't it interesting, though? That it's now, crazy. Their shirts come off and you're supposed to be, like, really impressed. But back, again, it used to be the shirt came off and you were in trouble. That yeah. Was, that was, it was, it's a very different yeah. use. They also, today, um, this is the real dark secret, they use CGI. Oh, to make him buffer? Uh-huh. I know that they did in 300 and that they, like, painted on... Well, they literally... I was on the set of 300, and they literally spray-painted the muscles on them. Um, I mean, they still were, like, unreal Sure, but but to make them, like... To make them crazy buff, they would spray-paint. And then it was in Montreal. It was in the middle of winter, and they would have to walk from their... They would because they, they were, like, so invested in being tough, they would walk from their trailers through the snow all naked. To shoot? To shoot. 300? Yeah. It was okay. crazy. What never have I ever felt less like a man. Oh yeah. Than on that set. Oh yeah. Emily loves that movie and <laughs> it's a really great movie. It is a great, great movie, movie, but she also admits that she loves it because of the dude aspect yeah, yeah, of sure. it. Just yeah. like men being men. Three hundred is a great movie. It's a little like nationalistic or whatever, but it's it's politi- it's politically evil. It's one of the few movies that exist that I feel so politically out of tune with that it makes me understand how Republicans can watch Hollywood movies because wow. people who always feel yes. like these movies are always against their values. Yeah. Like, how like it's just a movie. Get, get over yourself. But, but when then I watch you 300, that, I go, yeah. Oh, this is, this is darkly evil. Yeah. But I still love it. Yeah. So I get it. I kind of get that you don't have to agree with the politics because for us as liberals, it's very easy to watch Hollywood movies that generally say the stuff that we agree with. Right. Uh, more often than not. Right. Um, you know, it never, movies never end with somebody, being punished for being gay. Every now and then there's like a Kingsman or like a uh, 
three hundred or right. Or even Kingsman's weird though. Uh, Kingsman's a real. Weird. I like Kingsman a lot. It's a real weird movie. Oh, I watched it on a plane. It's the perfect plane movie. That scene <laughs> at the church is pretty great. It's unreal. They, it's uncut on the plane. Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, I've only seen it on the plane, but it's f- amazingly gory. In South America, that whole scene's cut out. Oh, why? This is happening in a church, violence in a church. They love church over there. Uh, and so I have South American readers who were emailing me like, we saw the movie. It's like yeah. he walks into the church and he walks out bloody and you're like, what just happened? I mean, that's kind of cool too. <laughs> it's also such a have your cake and eat it too moment because it is like an evil church where they're against like gay people and all that stuff. But then, so they get the guy to do something really evil in that movie. Uh, I'm being vague. Cause, right. Uh, but also the people who are dying, they shouldn't die, but they are assholes. Like, it's a real moment where, like, it kind of gets to do everything. One of the reasons why I like this movie a lot and that scene in particular is that that scene is the larger thematic meaning of the movie, which is that are you okay with killing people that you think are really horrible to make the world a better place? Because that's what the entire evil plot is. Right. And it's like, well, these people these people are awful. We're just going to really cull the herd. We need to because global warming and everything is destroying us and so when you're watching that scene where he's in the church hopefully the movie makes you oh, have that's both those right. things at once and be like oh these guys do deserve it oh but they don't really but and they so don't really it's sort of the larger it's gotta th- be fun right but it's it's gotta have some sort of repercussion it's sort to of the it larger too. thematic point yeah. of the entire movie yeah I think it's actually a brilliant film um I really liked watching it on the plane <laughs> I, I thought it was it interesting big screen. I thought there was I thought they were setting up because this whole thing, Exe, Exe, Exe's whole thing is that he's from like a blue collar thing. Right. And I thought, you know, there's a, there, there's this part. So they're like, oh, you don't have to be, you don't have to wear a suit to be a gentleman. Anyone can be a gentleman. And at the end, he does wear a suit. I thought it was going to be like a different thing. I know it's a specifically British class thing. Right. That I don't understand. It's really British class based, that movie. Like yeah. I think for American audiences, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't really, yeah. But you know, I, I knew I figured out when I turned became an old man was the day when I no longer understood myself from high school, where in high school I was like, whatever, man, I'll wear whatever I want. Don't judge me by how I dress. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, I get it now. Like, you're wearing, you're wearing dirty jeans with holes in them. Yeah, and you have it's really interesting. My friend Gerard Carmichael has a show called The Carmichael Show, I believe it's called. And it's a um, traditional multicam sitcom that you think... It's gonna. You see it and you're like, why are they making this show now? I've only seen one episode. I was away. I was like, you gotta watch this. It's about Black Lives Matter. It's fucking amazing. Um, it's Gerard's birthday and a black guy gets killed. And they really like talk about that from all angles. So his mom was a civil rights protester. And she's like, back when we did it, we didn't have DJs doing music. We all dressed properly. We weren't like all doing this. <laughs> it wasn't like a fun parade thing. And then she pulls out, like, corn that she bought. That She's like, it wasn't, like, a festival. Um, the dad is, like, telling Gerard, like, why do you walk like that? Of course, if you walk like that, the cops are going to be suspicious of you. Don't walk like that. Gerard's, like, protesting doesn't do anything. Gerard's sister-in-law goes and steals a TV. So it's really, like, and it talks about this very specific. And his dad's like, well, we don't know what that guy did. We know he was a norm, but we don't know what he did. Like, let's, let's wait and see what right, happens. Right. It really attacks this very, very... Um, current debate issue from like all angles it's really cool that sounds and like an all in the family kind of and thing it's, like and it's the, yeah i think he was sort of you know influenced by all these things but it's a and it's a very traditional multicam sitcom and all of it's like funny and it has punchlines but it really does everything and his girlfriend is like very excited to be part of it like she's like i got arrested that was awesome so you and he's like is that really what you're looking for like you want to be cool <laughs> 
And um, it's really, I thought it was a really great episode. She's wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. That's really in every cool. every scene of this multi-cam sitcom. That's really cool. Yeah. They talk about Trayvon, and it's like, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, when I say only family, I mean, like, he's ripping off the structure. But no, I mean, no, no, no. In terms of, like, a, a comedy that actually specifically oh it's a good thing right and it's we're no none of them do that anymore which is why it's interesting um i thought oh going back to x files i know um is uh, that what the show's about i guess so (laughs) i guess it is um the i like the the turn of crycheck where crycheck's sort of been beat up the whole episode and then he has the upper hand and the way the guy tells him they do another really cool thing where they explain Mulder finds that family and they're like, we're going to cut your arm right. off so that, you know, your smallpox vaccination thing isn't there and they won't be able to test on you and it's for your own good. And then it cuts to Crychek's arm getting cut off. So that's an interesting way to like get information in one way and then have it pay off in another right. way. We don't see how Mulder escapes with his arm intact, but I think I'm okay with that. I think he just talks her up. down. Yeah, he's, he's good at that stuff. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. The one thing... There's a lot of big action in these two episodes. Um, the one action scene that sort of didn't work for me was Mulder's escape from the gulag, where his whole plan is just run at the guy and then get in the truck. Oh, yeah. And, and it's just like, oh, it's yeah. like, that's it? Just run at the guy and Why get in the truck? Why is nobody else doing this? <laughs> I mean, like, it's you just, should do it. This is really easy. Uh, right. It's one of those things where like, I get it. You have to just get him out of the gulag, but it would have it been kind of cool to like have like a really neat have escape. like a great escape kind of thing, yeah. like have a plan in place yeah. and stuff. But there's so much that happens in these episodes yeah. where they're like, we can't really waste it. Yeah, we just got to get them out of here. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of like people are in peril, cut away, cut back, and they've they've gotten away. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's the X Files. <laughs> um, uh, there was uh, yeah, uh, Vasily Pesco. That's the name of the, the uh, KGB uh, assassin. I don't remember if he ever comes back. I. Kind of hope he does, but I have a sense that maybe he doesn't. Which is also kind of cool, where it's like, there's these guys around, they come in, do stuff, and they leave. And I like how he doesn't kill Scully, because he's like, he's not that he's a good guy. He's like, my job is done. I have no reason to kill you. He's doing a job. There's no, like, bloodlust or anything to this. He's like, I'm not going to kill you. I don't know who you are. I'm not going to kill you just because it's not my job to kill you. It's funny. This episode's really ahead of its time, because the premise is the Cold War never actually ended. Yeah. Um, And we're back in the Cold War today, uh, with Russia being really crazy. Yeah. So the idea that there is... Really crazy. The idea is that there's just like KGB guys just waiting to get reactivated is like way reasonable now. Uh, Yeah. It's... um, Have you read that theory that Putin might be really, really autistic? No. There's this theory... That he has some of the physical symptoms or signs of someone who's autistic. Uh, he doesn't make eye contact and all that stuff. Um, it's an interesting theory. Obviously, we're never going to find out. Right? I mean, probably. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, we're not he's not going to take that. the tests. Yeah. No, he's not going to take the tests. He's like, guys, <laughs> turns out I know why. I, don't, I have to be careful. Um I like a, a Mulder cellmate guy who says it's wonderful the persistence of life, even though it's horrible. This black oil thing, and he's like he kind of wants to kill himself, but he also sees the beauty in it. That's a nice little character for that guy to have. It could have been nothing. There's a nice metaphorical idea in the idea that he has this shiv that he's made to kill himself that he will give up to Mulder to help him get free. Yeah, uh, damning himself to remain in the gulag and Do not, not die. die. Yeah. Uh, and helping Mulder get out. There's something that's, uh, in the weird X-Files way, very hopeful about that. Yeah. 
No, it's uh, kind of beautiful. Uh, the pineal gland with the weird black thing on it looks really horrible. Pineal gland, uh, uh, real important in a lot of weird mysticism. It's the third eye. It's the third uh, eye. It's uh, the center of ESP. I uh, just watched, um, what's the fucking... From Beyond. Yes, I just watched Big From Beyond. pineal gland movie. Oh, great. I mean, like a giant penis uh, coming out oh, of your head. Oh, it's great. Emily and I got into body, 80s body horror, and we watched like a bunch of them one week right before I left. We watched uh, Society. Society the Shunting? Sure. Society's great. Yeah. Uh, we watched this one. We watched Brain Damage, which is Helen Locke. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a, good. F- that's, a, that's a fucking weird yeah. one, too. Yeah. These, that's such a grimy movie. All of these movies are so... And I was talking to someone. I was like, why was it happening? Because you're always like with horror and sci-fi, you can figure out why uh, certain... Obviously, you know, like Red Scare, all those alien movies because of the Cold War and stuff. Why was happening specifically then? Zombie movies make sense after, you know, in the, in the 2000s. Uh, why is the things infecting the body and changing? AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. And before that, herpes was kind of yeah, a big was, crazy it was thing. STD stuff. Yeah, it, sexual it makes revolution. perfect sense. Uh, also, the 80s are the era of fitness, the stuff that we take for oh, granted Oh, yeah, buns now. of steel. This is where that all came from. Before the 80s, like it was like jogging. Like It wasn't like the idea of being like really buff did not exist in the yeah. general public until the 80s. Dude, so that, that all, it's, it's that self-loathing of the body that yeah. begins in the 80s in a big oh, way. Oh, that's so interesting. I saw a lot of – I used to have a lot of mad magazines, like a ton of them from all eras. And so I got a lot of like – my window into America and Western culture was through that. And I remember a, a mad magazine where they really made fun of jogging. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought jogging was just around always. But no. clearly, reading this mad magazine, I was like, oh, it's a new thing that people are now doing where yeah. they're running not as fast as they can, but at like a slower pace. Right. And, and, and their mad magazine is like, this crazy fad's going to go away. Yeah. yeah. They're not, no. They're not walking. They're just jogging. And they, and they aren't even going anywhere. They aren't running. Yeah. yeah. They're not walking. They're yeah. jogging. Uh, uh, Barbara Crampton, the star of, uh, of From Beyond... Um, is uh, is it now a friend of mine? Oh, really? She's amazing. Uh, she's also the star of Reanimator. Yeah, uh, they made those movies around the same time. Yeah, and uh, she's incredible. She's uh, she's cool because she has become this uh, kind of a leading figure in indie horror. She's uh, back doing a lot of indie horror films. She comes to all the festivals. Great. She hangs out. She's like uh, real positive. She's like it's just neat. Like that's like I love horror because people are like that in it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and this, I guess, sort of goes to the X Files things—the way that the fans and the creators interact in these worlds of the yeah. dark genre stuff. Because you have to really care about this shit to make this shit, right? You can't just do it. Like, if you—I've seen people who just do it, but there's not. But it, there are people that do it because it's a stepping stone over. But it doesn't really work the same way. These movies that you watch from the '80s, people that made them loved. The yeah, stuff they making. love them. And now I think like a lot of yeah, there's a lot of good horror happening right now. People who love that stuff are making it again. Yeah. And so the relationship between the fans and the creators are really great. And I think it's one of the things that X-Files did really well as well because the guys making the show obviously liked the shit they were making the show about. Yeah. They were even though the mythology doesn't always track. Oh, you because but you they, could see it's that because they were chasing what they thought was cool. Yeah. Not because they were trying to, like, fuck with the audience. They were like, wouldn't it be really cool if? Yeah. And there's something neat about that. And the black oil. Like, that's a cool new kind of bad guy. That right. I guess the stuff was kind of like that. Have you seen the stuff? I sure have seen the stuff, yeah. Is that Larry Cohen? Is that who that made it? That is that? Larry Cohen movie, yeah. yeah. That's a crazy movie. Yeah. That's another infecting movie. I like any movie where somebody decides that yogurt coming out of the ground is a thing to sell. 
Oh yeah, and also like just taste, <laughs> taste it coming it. out of the ground. It's not so much crazier than actual yogurt, which is like came out of a cow's udder, and then we yeah. like yeah, whatever that, we did. You do wonder how did. some of that stuff got found. This, yeah, this has been just sitting here in a corner for six weeks. Yeah, might as well, might as well we taste, should it. taste it. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of gross. I can't believe anybody likes yogurt. I don't like ro- yogurt. Flavored yogurt with fruit, granola. I'll buy frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt, ice cream. <laughs> it's barely yogurt. By the way, in Bulgaria, they're doing stuff with dairy that we're not doing with dairy. A lot of warm yogurt is happening, sort of sitting out kind of stuff. I remember the first day I saw all the food, and I consider myself like an adventurous eater, but it yeah. was a lot of like chunks of pork floating in stuff that I was like, I'm not going to try it. And Beck, who's in the movie with me, Beck Bennett from SNL, um, he tried everything. He tried the yogurt drink. He did everything. I was like, I'm just going to take the chicken skewers because I know what that is. I remember when I was in Romania, we visited a, uh, a studio and they were trying to convince everybody that Romania is the new Hollywood or the new Vancouver. And There's they, a huge studio there. And so they brought out all this traditional Eastern European food yeah. um, and had a feast and nobody touched it. It yeah. was just like, oh, this is... This is gross. This is like, this is, this is, I can still see what part of the animal this is. Right. And it's just floating in its own grease. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, you'd bite into it, be really gristly and impossible to chew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I become an adventurous eater, stuff that I didn't think I would, that seemed exotic when I was younger. And now I understand that it's like boldly flavorful and exciting. But Eastern European food. Anything with spices, I'll do. Weird meats are where I draw the line. Like, Depends. I wouldn't eat horse meat. This place had horse meat. I've, I've had horse meat. I'd, I'd do it. The, the French eat horse meat. The what? The French, French do? Horse, yeah. I just, I, I'm, I don't want to. Yeah, See, the question for me so... is would I eat dog? Would like, you? If, if I was like in China where dog is actually on the menu, um, I might. I might give it a shot. I love my dog and I love dogs. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, it's you know, arbitrary in a way. It is sort of I arbitrary. I mean, chickens aren't the dumbest. Are uh, they? Pigs no, are really smart. Yeah, pigs and I are love smart. eating those motherfuckers. I don't eat pigs, <laughs> but for many reasons. <laughs> um, I, uh, oh, yeah. That guy was, uh, well manicured man, was sleeping with that doctor. Yep. Kansai or whatever her name is. Yeah. They really go all out with weird names. Kansai. They always do. It's like you yeah. know, Mar- Marita Kuvarubius yeah. is like the weirdest Clearly name. it's based on people that they know. They're like, oh, this is an interesting name. And then they go with that. Um, Marita Kovarubius. Kovarubius. Yeah. Marita Kovarubius. Uh, yeah. well, you know what's really weird about this episode? Not weird. It's really interesting is that how much insight we get into the syndicate. Yes. Because there's so many scenes of syndicate people just talking to each other and being very open. Like in the past, very often when they talk, it's very vague and you know what has to happen. But here it's like, only six of us know about this inoculation program. Like it's like very out in the open. They're really getting exposition through these guys. And it also shows, I mean, we've seen Cigarette Smoking Man's been a little humanized, but here we see Well Manicured Man kind of wants revenge. Right, because his his, his lady got off. His lady got off. By the way, he did very well for himself. Right. Well, he's rich and he runs the world. I mean, like, so <laughs> actually, okay. it, he probably actually could even do better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but she's smart. She is smart. She was smart. She, is, she was smart. She's trying to, um, yeah, she's trying to work on the vaccine. Uh, that group of one-armed people. I remember that image as being something that uh, was really, really exciting. This actually, I remember missing this episode when it happened the second part and people yeah and people for whatever reason and people explaining it to me so this might have been the first time not the first time I've seen it in my rewatch but when it first happened people were like 
you, he lost his arm. You know, this group of people <laughs> without an arm found him. And I was like, what are you talking about? I thought that was... It's such a great image to have like a group of people with the baby face guy cutting his arm off and stuff. <laughs> so the Russians have an inoculation that works, right? Sort of, it seems like. It's unclear because some of those guys in the tests are screaming really horribly. Well, but I think getting the oil on you is not great. Mulder dealt with it, and Mulder's a big baby. Mulder is a big baby. Mulder's a rich kid. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's a spoiled. rich Martha's Vineyard kid. Yeah, he's real spoiled. Now... He, he really handles getting the oil on him pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Mulder's like one of the good rich kids. Um, they, uh, oh, I was like, did that, it's that Russian KGB guy there, cigarette smoking man, kind of, but like more badass. Yeah, a little more, he's probably what the cigarette smoking man was back in the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now he's, uh, he now does he's, kill all the old people, which is pretty badass, I think. He kills all of them. All well, of them die. You, you have, have to. to. It's an act of, uh, Mercy. Yeah, it's an act of mercy. Uh, again, I wrote the American test facility is better than the Russian one. I mean, I, you don't want it to happen, but if it's going to happen, you want it to happen there. Oh, they say that Saddam used the black oil. They call it black cancer in the Gulf War. Uh, it's their explanation for uh, Gulf War disease. Gulf War syndrome, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is probably actually radiation poisoning from depleted uranium rounds that we were shooting at people. Um, that we were shooting? Oh, yeah, we, shot, we shoot your depleted uranium What rounds. is depleted uranium? It's just hard? I think it's like really hits hard. It just yeah, hits it's hard. Like it's just Regular dense. bullets won't do it. Like, well, they're, it's like they're like cut like, through tanks and shit. It's like artillery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's anti-tank. You artillery. know what game I'm playing? Um, I just started playing Metal Gear. There's a new Metal the Gear Phantom that comes out Pain. Tuesday. I haven't started Phantom Pain. I've been playing. They released like a um, people went re- were really up in arms. Forty dollar basically like demo first level of it called uh, Ground Zeroes. Um, but now it's twenty bucks, and I was like. I really wanted to play it this weekend. And I haven't played one since Metal Gear Solid. It's interesting. It's X-Files-y in that it's a lot of like covert stuff between governments and rogue nations being formed and uh, uh, backstabbings and uh, all that kind of right. stuff. It starts, the story starts back in like 1918. It is fucking crazy so on the flight all those over games are you gotta look up the store like i just was like all right what do i need to know before i play ground zeros and they were like read this shit it's insane where the main guy solid snake is actually a clone of this the bad guy big boss, big boss yeah, yeah and big boss you play as big boss in this and apparently phantom pain is where big boss goes from good guy to bad guy so you've seen like in the future where solid snake is good and liquid snake and um no, and na- so Big Boss was Naked Snake, and he gets bestowed on him the honor of Big Boss by the American government because the Japanese think that's that's what we're doing over here. Like you know, the British are doing Sir, we're like you are the Big Boss now. <laughs> that's what they think we're up to. So so, and you distinguish bad Big Boss because he has a shrapnel thing in his head. Okay. That's how you distinguish it. So in this game, so you've seen Big Boss being good early and you think big boss being bad later this is the game that bridges it okay it's interesting but it's also clearly like making it up as you go along but it's like really kind of fucking cool well the metal gear mythology is so complicated and weird those games are so weird it's so bananas um i know someone who's developing it for a movie uh jordan voight roberts yeah is it out oh yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i have asked him i said how many scenes of this movie will take place underneath a cardboard box (laughs) <laughs> How many scenes will Snake yeah. be under a cardboard box? Yeah, that box? would you gotta have that homage in there. Also, with seventy percent of the dialogue codec conversations that are about absolutely nothing at all, yeah. just like total weird pop culture codec conversations. I mean, it's uh, but this new one, the Ground Zeroes, is pretty great. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a store in LA that's selling the other one early, 
but they're selling it for 80 bucks instead of 60 and oh, I will wow. not I will not although I understand you got to fight the game stops and the Amazons of the world so you got to kind of do whatever you But that seems crazy to put it on sale at an inflated price means they're not going to ship you the next game. They're gonna, not going to what? They're not going to ship you the next game. They're, they're going to find out that you're breaking street. They've game. been doing this for years. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a there's this Facebook page is that you World joined 8? that they have to approve. I'm not going to say what oh, it okay. is. World 8 has the best sign of any video game store. It's not World 8. So. Okay. There you go. But it is another one that I know that I've gotten games from before. And uh, they have it. But I'm still playing. I'm still playing my Ground Zeroes. It's really, I read the story. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's, it, and it's good because it's got like the Russian stuff in it. Right. And, uh, it's interesting, like, we haven't, like, made, uh, when Ground Zeroes came out, we hadn't, like, uh, the Cuba thing hadn't happened yet, so so there's, like, the, it's, like, slightly older <laughs> with that. It's it's really cool. Um, Mulder likes to make prison rape jokes a lot, I've noticed. He does that a lot in a lot of episodes he's done. That's not cool anymore. Uh, that used to be no, cool. It's not it's cool not anymore. It's not cool anymore. You can't make prison rape. When Jared got arrested... Um, most people were just on Twitter yelling at other people for making prison rape jokes. I mean, that Jared thing is crazy because in the beginning they were like, oh, it's his co-worker. Turns out it was his employee and him were doing it sort of together. Like they found like, like what are the odds? We found each other. Do you know, I don't mean to say that what he was doing was not horrible. It was horrible. But the weirdest part is that he was sharing it with another dude. Yeah. That's the part that I can't get my head around is like, how do you broach the subject of like, I like to look at little kids naked. And then how do you then go to like, Hey, check this thing out and emailing. That is so weird to me. I mean, how do you have that conversation with the other yeah, person? Yeah, like, like, like one thing, like being like a horrible criminal pervert on your own, like in like a shame filled yeah. thing. I get that, but like having like a community where he was. Asking, I think that's part of the thing with the internet is no matter how weird your thing is, and there's a good aspect to it. There's obviously a bad aspect to it. You find you, it sort of becomes normalized because you find other people doing it. So I think if you're right. a pedophile, you find like a message board or whatever with hundred other people doing it. You're like, I'm not so crazy. It's not so bad. All these people are doing it. But how do you broach that subject in real life? In There's real a life. lady who said that he asked her to put a camera in her child's room. Yeah. And you're like, how do you get to the point where you just feel like that's an okay thing to say. I think it say. does happen because you're normalized from the internet where you like see it happen all the time. And it's good where you like find other like-minded people who like some weird... About your sh- your nice weird stuff. Your nice weird stuff. Right. Like, you know, horror movies you right. like or whatever. Or, um, you know, even like weird sex stuff you right. find, which is like great. Weird consensual sex stuff. Yeah, right. weird consensual sex stuff. But then also this happens. It's just so weird. It's so horrible. Man, so- what, I hope that in the new uh, X-Files, uh, they deal with the impact that the internet has had on Fox Mulder and his pornography interests. <laughs> I would think that would be great. <laughs> I know what happens in one episode, and I kind of know what happens in another episode. Well, don't tease us. It's, don't, don't, even, don't even say anything. Hey, man, yeah. I know. I know everything that happens in one episode. <laughs> it's so great. God, I hope it... God, I hope I'm not the worst part of it. Anyway, uh, the usual tagline of the truth is out there is replaced with E pur si move, which is what Galileo Gal- Galileo said apparently, and yet it moves. And yet it moves. Yeah, yeah that's his, uh, his. And that's you know that sort of echoes. It's it's like that's like a way cooler version of Mulder's little hissy fit in the Senate chamber. Yes, where he's like, "Why is this so hard to believe?" Yeah. <laughs> But I think maybe Galileo said that too, and they just remembered the they one good line. Like maybe he was like, "Come on, guys, Come fucking clearly, I mean, look, just look." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you fuck yeah he's having a little hitsy fit too and we just remember uh that- you know what i like the naming conventions of x-files episodes the first episode is tunguska which is what happens in the second episode right yeah but then this second episode is called terma yeah and they're, they're at the end of the episode they go to a place called terma but you know i think classic x-files uh smartness terma means a couple of different things uh, and one of the, the interesting thing that Terma means is in uh, is in uh, is in I- Indian mythology in uh, in in Buddhism. No, it's not. Buddhism. Oh, right, right, right. It uh, is Buddhism. It's a Tibetan. Uh, a Tibetan Buddhism. It's uh, the hidden treasures of teachings. Uh, the idea that there are hidden treasures that are uh, metaphorically were actually buried or hidden in the ground or in the water in the 8th century, but less metaphorically the, the teachings that are passed on. Uh-huh. So it's these hidden treasures and truths. Uh, and I, that's, I X-Files. think, 100% on purpose. Yeah. Like, it's like really, like the idea that they are literally buried in the ground yeah. where this rock comes from yeah. um, is 100% And also on purpose. the truths that Mulder's trying to find yeah. are buried. I love in them. these naming conventions where they put oh, these little things in there. It's such a smart show. It really and they were doing it again before it was all easy. I was able to find half the shit on the internet like on my phone while taking yeah. a dump. Like back then, like these guys like knew it. Yeah. They had They Wouldn't it be cool if we oh, use yeah. this? The, the, uh, the Gulag stuff is based on a couple of uh, Russian books that they, I, I don't have Scholes the names. Is that what it's called? Uh, no, it's the author. That, that's the author? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh I'm not going to look it up. Um, but yeah, he uh, he had written a couple of books from this, the Gulag, and they, uh, they, they they used that as their research. It's so cool. They probably um, just read that shit because they're real smart. This is what Chris Carter said about the thing we talked about earlier with the McVeigh thing. Am I putting ideas into people's heads? Other groups out there right now who've made big news are saying they don't trust the government. I don't want people to confuse what I'm saying with that political agenda. And it's weird. A lot of people contact me saying they are or were in the loop. There's an enormous number of conspiracy theorists out there, and they're trying to get me to tell their story. So I could hear, apparently, he waited a long time to tackle like the militia thing because he was like... Afraid because right. he doesn't want to be saying that these people are right or whatever. Right. It's an interesting um, sort of space for him to occupy at that time. Um, and then um, this guy, M. Morris Emery Franklin III, wrote that he says Mulder and Krychek as representatives of the respective countries. Um, Suggesting that perhaps 90s Russia is not so much an ideological opposite to the United States, but a grim reflection. Mulder becomes an unwilling test subject with his black oil inoculation, but emerges stronger, having survived his ordeal. Mulder is a survivor, the winner of this personal war. He is the United States after the Cold War, the last superpower. He still has odds with his own government, unsure of his own future, blah, blah, blah. Krychik is not fortunate. Like the, U- like the USSR, he is broken literally and figuratively disarmed. He's collapsed Ooh. into despair, returning to the underworld from which he sprang, blah, blah, blah. Um, because after the Cold War, uh, um, you know, they weren't doing so well. Right. So it's interesting uh, reading of it. I got this again from Darren Mooney's review. That is a, the, the, the disarmed is really interesting. It's like interesting, that. right? Yeah, it's a very like specific that. thing. I like that a lot. But although at the same time, uh, in, in classic X-Files fashion, it turns out that Krychek, while set back, is not defeated in any way no and is in fact a step ahead of everybody else. oh yeah he really is 18 million people on average watch these two episodes and 18... this was a and this was like a medium rating show back then yeah right every yeah. every time i'm on that that's the thing i want to talk about the most is how back then 18 million people 18 was like well, i was all right we did okay i mean that's like that's a that's a that's like 
the headline making. How today. do you feel right now? I've read an article, all these articles about how we're like, well, the FX guy did a talk about how he says we've reached like peak scripted, like there's too many scripted shows. And he's like, there's too many good scripted shows. He's like, there's a lot of good shows that nobody ever finds because there's so much good TV. He's, he, he was saying that it feels like it sort of hit a, a saturation point and that it's going to start like going backwards. Do you have an opinion on that? Do you think like that we're going to start scaling? Because like, I have friends on shows that are really good that nobody's ever talked about or heard of. I have actually hit the point now where I begin to get resentful. Where when there's a good new like, show? Oh, the show's great. You got to watch it. I'm oh, like, fuck Give you. me a fucking break. Like yeah. Mr. Robot. Yeah, like, I know. I don't I have time like, for I just Mr. Don't Robot have time in my Mr. life. Robot now. Like, Halt I just, and Catch Fire. I don't have time yeah, for these have, things. Yeah, I liked it better in the first season when Halt and Catch Fire maybe wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. was like, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> but now second season, I'm like, this is the best show on oh, TV. Yeah. And I'm like, shut up. I can't I don't hear need this. that. I don't need you telling me about the Americans. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want to hear this. Yeah, I have a limited yeah. amount of time. Like there's only so much yeah. that I can I do. I tell enough people about Hannibal and now they're like, oh good, I'm glad that it's canceled, so you can like stop talking about it. <laughs> well, you can catch up on it at least now. Yeah. Uh, it's... no, it's weird. I mean, I agree. The thing is that you know, there's so much need for content. We're, we are in the golden period where they're actually making good content. Yeah. And eventually they're going to figure out that content is content. They don't need to make it good or not. Oh, it's called content. Right. I mean, even the name of it, that's, I hate that term that people use all the time because it's just like, oh, it's a joke. Just fill it with something. Right. It just needs to be something. It doesn't have to be good. A lot of like internet people, like Vine people or like YouTube people will say making content. And to me, that's like so indicative of how they're, it's clearly something just to get advertisers right. on board. Did it's, you read the article about the Vine guys? Yes. It's about, yeah, you, it's pretty brutal. How do, you feel, how do you feel now, like as a person in the entertainment industry, seeing that's what the next thing is? Is it the next thing? I don't know. Is it? These guys are making a lot of money. and They are making a lot of money, but also, I mean, the, what they, they really, the difference between them they really have to keep making stuff. If they stop, they get forgotten about in a month. So right. it's like every day you got to have it. Every day, every day, every day. It's not about making lasting stuff. It's about making stuff that, that you know, it, it goes away the moment it goes out. I was talking to someone who's who used to be sort of big in the online uh, video world and now is, you know, more mainstream. And he was like, the hardest thing back then was just like, you have to keep making. So Because as soon as it goes out, People are like, where's the next thing? It's yeah. gone. It goes away. Um, the, what do you want to plug, Devin? Uh, I want to plug the fact that I have a uh, podcast on the uh, Earwolf Network called The Canon. Uh, we're with, along with LA Weekly uh, film critic Amy Nicholson. Every single week we argue about whether or not movies belong in the canon of great films. Um, when is this going to be up? Uh, this, uh, very soon. Uh, the next episode we're doing is we're pitting Let the Right One In versus Let Me In, the Ooh, remake. Ooh, I haven't seen Let Me In. And we have a pretty, I've heard it's great. We have a pretty vicious fight uh, okay. about uh, the remake versus the original. Um, so if you're into that, uh, we'll be doing that. And also you can find me every single day at birthmoviesdeath.com, my day job. That used to be Badass Digest, now it's birthmoviesdeath.com. Com. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about going to Fantastic Fest this year. I decided I don't think I'm going to do the debate. Well, I was. Thing. This is okay. So I was going to wait till after we were done recording to find out. That, well, you know, why don't you want to do the debate? I just don't want to get hurt. And you the won't face. get hurt. You won't get hurt. I just don't want. You won't get hurt because we start shooting right after that. I can't have you a won't fucking get hurt. Nobody, thing on my face. You're not going to have a thing on your face. So let me guarantee to you right now that we will create an environment for you where you are both comfortable and safe and fun, and it's going to be good. You're not going to get hurt. I guarantee you. Okay, we'll talk about it afterwards. I'm very excited to melt down there. And they asked me to be a a juror, but I I can't do it. a lot of time. Yeah, I can't get there 
like two days. They want me to get there two days earlier, leave a day later. I couldn't do it. I would love to do it. I have friends who've done it and it seems Well, that's awesome. why you're going to box instead. So okay. and trust me. It's, All right, we'll it's, talk. It's good. Um, I'm uh, going to plug. Email, email Kumail if you want him to box. <laughs> Tweet at me if you want me to box if you're going to the Fantastic Fest thing. Um, I have some East Coast tour dates coming up. Uh, September 10th in Philly at the Trocadero. September 11th in Boston at the Wilbur. Don't fucking make a joke about that date. I've heard it all. Uh, DC at the Lincoln. September 12th. Uh, all these uh, are almost sold out, so please um, go and buy them quickly. And uh, for the New York Comedy Festival, I'm doing the uh, Skirball Center um, in November. So just go to the New York. And that show is also almost sold out, so come see those shows. They're all going to be super fun. September 11th here in L.A., the New Beverly Showing Airplane. Oh, they are? Yeah. Are they really? They are. And it's, so it's one of those things where you're like, huh. That seems like... And um, Quentin Tarantino programs it himself now. So yeah, that, that's, like, what, that's what makes it more like, huh. Huh. Yeah. So All right. September 11th, we're going to go see... I'm, I'm probably going to go see Airplane, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be doing comedy and not mentioning September 11th at all. <laughs> Unless something... If I'm mentioning it, something has gone very, very wrong. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Feral Audio. Hey, everybody. Do you like getting stoned and watching a movie? Or just watching a movie? Well, then check out our podcast, I Am Weed, where we... And a guest. Go to the movies and discuss it after. A movie review podcast with a little token twist. Get it? Oh, boy. But hey, you don't have to smoke weed to enjoy this podcast. Uh, you should enjoy watching movies, though. Subscribe to I Am Weed on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app.